<sighs> Hi, and welcome to Hack the... Oh, no. No, I... It was before you started. It definitely wasn't. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, it was for me, though. Whoops. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I keep having this weird thing where my wife put these little my. sachets of, um, yes, my wife, <laughs> uh, put little sachets of, like, good smell in our, um, dressers, which is nice. <laughs> good smell. But All I, one word. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, like, I didn't know she was doing it, and so I was very confused because all of my sweaters kind of smell like sandalwood now. <laughs> and it's not a bad smell, but it's confusing the shit out of me. And you're like, is my B.O. getting so much better yes! now? <laughs> I know, that's exactly it. I was like, this smells like a soap, but not a soap I use. <laughs> all of the possible, like, little bits of stuff that I could have picked to be the scent not nearly mm. as funny as sandalwood <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good one though. i mean sandalwood is a great smell it's like one of the all-time non-offensive smells right and it helps ward off uh, moths doesn't it yeah i think that's probably why she did i mean listen yeah. my wife is way smarter than me in a lot of ways and especially in taking care of clothes so if she's like this is good for your sweaters i believe her but it is confusing to my nose Mm. Those yep, are the that's... problems you want to have, though. Things smell better than I expected. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm so confused true. why things smell good. <laughs> Sometimes in the summer, I start to smell soup randomly, and I think mm. that that's just me sweating, yes. which is disgusting. Oh, no. yes. That's not that's not a good thing. Well, <laughs> that's it's... the opposite of what's happening to me now. It's because you eat so much soup in the summer. I kind of do eat a lot of soup. Soup is like the, the perfect summer? lunchtime food. Hmm. All the time. Yeah, it is summer's an anytime food. food. That's true. Summer's an anytime food? No, soup. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I uh, didn't say, and but meant. <laughs> the thing about soup for lunch is that it's so easy because you always just have to heat it up. And mm. then... You, like, get enough food that you're not starving, but not so much food that you're not still hungry for dinner. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. No, I agree. Also, if I go to the gym, if I've eaten a heavy lunch, I feel like I'm going to puke the whole time. But <laughs> if I eat a soup, then I'm good to go. The, the solution to all woes about will you be hungry enough for dinner is, mm -hmm. yeah, you're, like, you're nailing it. Soup is a nice light lunch. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad we're finally tackling the hard topics on this show. <laughs> I'm saying, if you're going to have solid food for lunch, you should have stuff like fruit or nuts. Stuff that, like, your body is just going to shoot through you. <laughs> so that yeah. by the time dinner shows up, you're not like, oh no, I had a sandwich for lunch, so now my guts are full of bread. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know what kind of nuts I like to have now. for lunch is bofa nuts. No! <laughs> Jeff, don't, don't fall for it, Jeff. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out how to fall for it, and I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what I would say to get Matt to say both of these nuts. I don't really know either, to be honest. I think... <laughs> I think maybe if you had just said, oh, what I actually like to have for lunch is bofa, uh -huh. yeah, then I could have said both bofa what, and you could have said both of these nuts. I understand that, but the thing you said was nuts, yeah. not... So I had to tie into that somehow. <laughs> yeah, I understand. 
<laughs> Maybe you could have just because I already said nuts, you could have just gone straight ahead and said these nuts, and that would have been fine. I don't think it would have. Uh, what if you said it really loud, though? <clears throat> I, I mean, that's just not really my style of humor. That's more of a Jeff joke than a Matt <laughs> joke. I feel like mm. the important thing for our writers is to make sure that we each have our own distinct voice mm-hmm. in our comedy. That's you true. Know? Yeah, that's why you had to fire Joss Whedon. He was kind of making us all sound the same. It's true. Him and uh, what's that? West Wing Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. I kept giving all of those speeches about the inspiring nature of uh, bipartisanship. Uh, but yeah, we had to record our podcast the... while we were walking, and that was the, <laughs> Damn it, that was the joke I was trying to get to. Good job, everyone. Good job. <laughs> yep. <sighs> I, I genuinely love that Aaron Sorkin is like a person that we as a society way over-validated for some reason, mm-hmm. and still thinks he's good at things. I think that that's very good, actually, that this mediocre old white man thinks that he's got his finger on the pulse. Yeah, He, ha- he has done some pretty <clears throat> good scripts. Mm, has he? Some, but he's done more very bad scripts, and that's the thing that I think is interesting. Mm. I just think he likes politics so much... But doesn't know anything stuff, about them. Yeah, watching his dumb shows, people are like, wow, I understand politics now, and I feel very smart. He, when he didn't actually tell you anything, because he doesn't really know, but he loves it. it. It would be like if Agatha Christie wrote all of her novels, and then some of the novels, the solution at the end was like, ah, but you see, the killer just used their magic mind powers to murder the person. And it's like, that's not... <laughs> you don't understand? How can you be the person that writes about murders and you don't understand how murders happen? <laughs> she did do some of those, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, some some of she did stories, do some murders. There was that I one about remember- the haunted doll in the dress shop. And it turned out that it was the doll? There was, like, no resolution to that. It ended, like, a weird Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I do remember Talking that Tina she specifically. had... Se- <laughs> I do remember that she had several novels where the way that the detective deduced who the killer was was by racism yeah oh well they're irish so they must have done it is a line that is actually in a poirot novel yeah very violent we all know yeah it's better than uh sir arthur conan doyle who solves most of his mysteries by having benedict cumberbatch wave his hand in front of text messages yeah it's true i do think that it's very funny that the way in which we understand deduction now is like the opposite of real deduction where you just make assumptions that could or could not be true because Sir Arthur Conan Doyle didn't understand it. (laughs) It's like noticing small details and extrapolating accidentally correctly from them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's so funny the idea that people think that in order to be a great detective you'd have to be able to like look at the dust on someone's leg to see that they're a painter and it's like there's so many ways that dust can happen though no you yeah. just, if you, you want you started from assuming they're a painter and then looked for clues to help you do that and that's literally the opposite of deduction <laughs> you just have to be willing to accept that a white man uh and or police officer did the crime and then you can solve like 90 percent of the unsolved crimes <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Ugh, oh, I, I just, that reminds me, I just uh, downloaded that new Jeffrey Dahmer show. Oh, yes. This um, is the one with um, Quicksilver in it? Yeah, Quicksilver plays Dahmer. I saw a gif of it, did not realize that's who it was. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. That guy's a good actor, and I he think... He plays a lot of murderers, huh? Like, a lot of who murderers. Yeah, who other? Evan Peters? 
Hmm. He okay, played Quicksilver in the X Men movies, but right. he also played. What, by the way, Quicksilver also a murderer. Um, but also he played uh, the murder ghost in the first season of American Horror Story. Yeah. The one ghost that did the murders. No, that's fine. I don't think I know who this is. Uh, okay. He's on, I think, like every season of American Horror Story. Uh, you... I'm sure he is. I only watched the first one because that was the good one, and it was good. Louisa, did you watch WandaVision? Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess there's no Evan Peters things you would know. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Oh well. Uh... He's fine. He's he's a good actor, but he plays a lot of murderers in a way that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> what about yeah. Mayor of Easttown? You watched nope. that, didn't No? Huh. <laughs> He I didn't played, watch that um, either, but I thought you did for sure. <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't watch it. Yep. Uh, he played Kate... Winslet. Uh, Winslet, thank you. He played Kate Winslet in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Good job, <laughs> Starring everyone. Starring Alfred, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm fascinated by the, uh, the Dahmer story, and I'm glad yeah. to continue seeing more explorations of it because it is in so many ways a huge indictment of every aspect of American society. Was he the one who yes. buried people under his house? Maybe he did partly cannibalize uh, some of Oh, I'm thinking victims. of John Wayne Gacy. Sorry, never mind. Yeah. Is he the one who his he was, ra- he was raised to believe that his mother was his sister and then he found out and went crazy? I don't think so, no. I think it was just... Is that he... Michael Myers from the Halloween movie? <laughs> no, no, no. No, he no. killed his sister. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Uh, no, there was a serial killer who, like, his his mm. mother gave birth when she was, like, 12, and so he was raised to think his mother was his sister. Actually, it's very I think that's, horrible. that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> You're thinking of Chinatown. <laughs> no, I think that was actually one of those, <clears throat> you know, a Robert De Niro type. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. <laughs> there was some some actor of that genre and era who found out late in life that who he thought was his older sister was actually mm. his mom. Okay, yeah. Well, I do know that there's that famous scene from Chinatown, so that's it. I haven't seen that. That's Jack Nicholson, I haven't though. either, but there's that one famous scene where he's like, my mother, my sister, etc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they respond, forget it character name, it's Chinatown. Jake! Because Jake, the sequel right. to that is called The Two Jakes. Yep. <laughs> For a given value of respond, that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Not immediately, but they do eventually respond with forget it is Chinatown, so yep. you got this. <laughs> uh, oh, what were we talking about? I, we were I talking know. about Jeffrey Dahmer at some point. Oh, yeah! No, so, you, you, have you started watching this yet? Is it good? No, I, I just became aware of mm. it yesterday and added it to my Plex today. It just premiered like three days ago or something on mm, Netflix. Okay. Oh no, it's I a Ryan know. Murphy show. It might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be bad. But bad in an entertaining and tasteless way? <laughs> Who knows? I don't understand why anyone... This isn't... This isn't aimed at you specifically, Jeff. I think I'm the one who's in the wrong here. Yeah. But I don't understand why anyone looks at the world that we live in today and thinks, I would like to spend my free time thinking about more horrible white men who murdered people for fun. I think you feel like you can know a whole story. That gives you some kind of closure, though. I I think it's because, like, knowing knowing his like pre-murder background makes it a lot 
more nuanced and interesting to discuss his horrible crimes that he obviously chose to do and is a bad person for having chosen to do. Uh, but the ways in which our society broke him and turned him into a person who would make those choices is, I think, interesting and important yeah, to know I, about. Yeah, I used to think that the, the, the appeal of true crime was sort of reassuring ourselves that that person is out of the ordinary. Like, we need to learn all about why this person became a serial killer so that we can convince ourselves that most people aren't like this. But the past five years of the world has proved to us that most people are like that. So I don't want to see any more of them. You know what I mean? It's, I, I think it's that, it's not that, uh, mo I don't think most people are like that, quote unquote, but it's just that the world keeps getting worse, so we're turning more and more people into abominations. Mm -hmm. uh, also, it was Jack we Nicholson. We need an incredible was... Hulk to beat them up. Exactly. It was Jack Nicholson <clears throat> who found out that his sister was actually... I said Jack Nicholson! Oh, I didn't hear you. I don't listen to women. <laughs> if you told That's me that Jack Nicholson was a serial killer at some point in his life, I would believe it. Yeah, in yeah. 1980s he also The played Shining. A... <laughs> yeah, he exactly. also played a but lot he, of murderers over death his snow, career. So it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't say it was Jack Nicholson. You said it was Chinatown, which stars Jack Nicholson, and that's different. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, what are we talking about, Matt? What'd you do this week? I don't know. Uh, okay, I've got two quick things, and we can talk about either of them. I uh, started playing the new Square Enix game in the Underline Saga that came out this week, the Diofield Chronicles. Sounds complicated. Uh, yep. So, it is, like, made by the same people who made Octopath Traveler, who made uh, Bravely Default, all of those things. That that studio within Square Enix made this game. Mm -hmm. oh, and it yeah. is a tactics, uh, top-down tactics game in the style of, like, a Fire Emblem. And it's extremely Fire Emblem-y. Mm -hmm. um, but, so far, I'm enjoying it more than the most recent Fire Emblem game because... I don't know how you felt about this, Jeff. I know you played the most recent Fire Emblem. Yeah. I don't think you did, Louisa. But uh, I got I fell off of Fire Emblem about three quarters of the way through because I was spending more than half of my time playing the game, talking to all of the characters in my home base to hear whatever dumb shit was going on in their lives. Yeah, like, that's the it becomes of Fire Emblem. <laughs> it becomes like an. An anime, it becomes a game where you're playing a character who's watching an anime that is the lives of the rest of your army. <laughs> and I just didn't care anymore. And this game so far, I mean, I'm sure there will be more, but so far there's only five characters. And they are all just normal people who aren't having weird, like, doesn't translate culturally kind of conflicts. Uh, so that's cool. Nice. And it's a good game. There's a lot of, like, fun development trees and stuff. I'm not that far into it, but if you like Fire Emblem and you want a slightly simpler version of it, this is pretty good. I'm looking at this now and I'm surprised that it's not... This is, is unrelated to Triangle Strategy? Correct. Triangle Strategy as I understand it, which I haven't played it yet, although it's coming to PC soon, but um, as I understand it, Triangle Strategy is trying to be more in the vein of a Final Fantasy Tactics Whereas this game is very clearly trying to be a Square Enix ver version of Fire Emblem. Interesting. Oh yeah, I see. It specifies that it's free movement in like the XCOM style. 
and yep. it has the okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. I it I would say probably don't put pay full price for it because it is a fairly small game. So when it goes on sale, I think you should get it. That's yeah. my recommendation. I have all of those um Valkyrie <clears throat> Uh, profile is that Valkyrie Chronicle, Valkyrie Profile, whatever those ones where it's like an alternate Diesel Punk World War Two strategy. You're probably anime thinking game. of Valkyria Profile, Valkyria, or Valkyria Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah, Valkyria. Oh, Chronicles. Valkyria Chronicles are great games. Uh, uh, Valkyria Profile is not very. good. I got mixed up <laughs> with Valkyrie Profile, which is just yeah. a different no. thing. No. Yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Valkyria Chronicles, I tried to play one of them and was like, this is fine, but I want more chess and less dating sim. I don't know which one you played, but the first Valkyria Chronicles is genuinely excellent and is regularly on sale for less than $5, so I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't Yeah, it. I own a bunch of them <clears throat> on Steam. I think I got them in like a bundle of Sega games from Humble Bundle. Yeah. <sighs> I wonder, are, is that on Switch? It probably is. Louise, you should try it. You might like that. Maybe, yeah. I'll put it on my list. It's like World War II, hmm. if World War... It, you know what it hmm. is exactly? It's the plot of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, except with magic. Hmm, I don't know. It's the now an- I'm more <laughs> iffy about it. It's the anime adaptation of All Quiet on the Western God. Front. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front is about like a... a boy who is an artistic genius who gets drafted into the Russian army and the army like crushes his desire for learning out of him uh and this game is about is that but the boy is an entomologist instead but everything else is exactly the same mm, all quiet on the western front is a world war 1 1 though world oh, that's war 1 true. 1 <clears throat> world war 11 oh no I guess oh, world, no. World We're, War 1 1 is actually I didn't, just World War 2. <laughs> I didn't watch World Wars 3 through 10. Do, will I know what's going on? Uh, you saw Infinity War. That had a recap of all of them. <laughs> oh, that's true. Pretty good. Now I want to watch one of those YouTube ones changes, where they put. Right? I want to watch one of those GIFs where they like put captions over all of the different Marvel characters that appear at the end of, of Endgame, mm-hmm. but they're all the different uh, conflict states in. World War Two. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like Animal House, where it tells us what they all went on to do in the future. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, Howard the Duck <laughs> went good. on to conquer Luxembourg. We're gonna mix all these ideas. <laughs> I love this. Also, I would read a comic about uh, Howard the Duck conquering Luxembourg. Would he change it into Duxembourg? Oh, oh, definitely. Maybe. No, he wouldn't think that humans deserved that. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, what I what would happen is he. But because of a clerical error, accidentally get elected president of some country and wouldn't want to do it, but he'd have to. A real to. King Ralph. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he would end up accidentally being the best ruler they've ever had. Yeah, but they'd all hate him, even though he did a good job accidentally. Yep. Exactly. Well, his, his deal was that he was an alien who just happened to look like an Earth duck, right? Is that right? Yes. I think okay. maybe yes. in the movie version, uh, I know in the comic book source material he just comes from like a cartoon animals universe huh there was a there was a while where rocket raccoon was supposed to not be a raccoon from earth but just an alien that happened to look like an earth raccoon as well what a fucking stupid thing to do (laughs) if you're gonna go to the the trouble of making your character called rocket raccoon just fucking have him be a raccoon you've already done the dumbest thing i mean he yeah he 
I think in a I think it's very humorous when someone calls him a raccoon and he's like, What is that? Yeah, it's but you could have him be a raccoon and still not know what raccoons are. Yeah, that's true. I don't think most raccoons know what raccoons are. <laughs> I think they've decided in the third one that we're gonna see like some high evolutionary and like some other experiments that came out of that like rocket raccoon. Yeah, I think in the yes. movies they've explained that he is an Earth raccoon that was kidnapped and then experimented on, which is way better, like, just actually makes sense, as opposed to the comics being like, well, we don't want him to be an Earth raccoon because everything has to be an alien in this dumb comic book. Yeah. Anyway, oh, the other yeah. thing I did this week is I started watching the, the fourth season of Ghosts, the BBC series Ghosts, uh, and it is excellent. It's so far, I've watched two episodes, and they are exactly what I wanted this season to be, which is, for anyone who's ever watched the show, the show is a lot about the the house and the day-to-day happenings with these ghosts living in it, but you don't really find out that much about the ghosts as characters, and it sort of dripped out over time, mm-hmm. uh, and the first two episodes addressed two characters that we've only seen little glimpses of in the past, oh, and a little exciting. more about those, and it's very exciting. Nice. Um, <clears throat> something I always worry about between seasons of a British show is that half the cast will just change and then they'll recast a bunch of the characters. <laughs> Has that happened with Ghosts? Nope. I'm always afraid All it of might. the important. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen like their drunk neighbor yet, but okay. I, don't, I don't care about him. All of the core cast are still there Good. and doing a great job. Okay. I do think it's interesting with shows like this. Like, in the first episode of the first series of Ghosts, they had a character introduced that was a little girl that wanders around the pantry singing Ring Around the Rosies, Mm -hmm. which is a very funny joke. But, like, once you introduce a little girl who can never age, you can never bring that character back, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like they're gonna start... I already think you're starting to see that they are older, the the actors are older now than they were at the beginning of the series, and that is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but I think, like, with Brent Spiner playing Commander Data, like, we, we just agree that we're gonna not notice that, you know? Yeah, you just, you have to do that, but it is odd. Yeah. Um, also, it's fun to see how they play with like, what were obviously costuming decisions in the first season, because part of the thing is that all of these ghosts look exactly how they looked when they died. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, one of the characters has a bullet hole in his chest, uh, and you don't find out how that happened until the third season. Probably, um, probably so, he got shot in the chest. Well, actually not, oh. <laughs> surprisingly. Whoa, that is it's a much twist. More com- <laughs> yeah, it's much more complicated than that. Yep. Um, and so it's fun to see the writers sort of playing with the costuming that was done on these characters in the first season and figuring out how to make storylines out of, like, well, why is this character, why does this character have this bullet hole? Why has he got blood on just one of his hands, etc.? So that's very cool, and it is interesting because they are also having to come up with reasons why most of them don't have visible wounds, even though they're all dead. So, like, yeah. how did you die if you didn't get hurt? <laughs> yes, yes, that's very good. I like that we, there's one uh, Elizabethan era ghost who you see him right away, that his head and body are separate. So, 
knowing about Elizabethan history, you feel like you understand his death story exactly already without any other information. But when you find out what it really is, it's pretty funny. Yes. (laughs) It's very funny because you see, like you say, you see the beheaded body and the head and you're like, Mm -hmm. I get what's happening here. And then as you're watching the show, you start to remember that in order for their ghost to be here, they had to have died at this house. Yeah. So then how did he get beheaded at the house? And then you find out, and it's very good and funny. <laughs> now, when you said beheaded body, to me that mm-hmm. says a body with a head attached <laughs> to it. <laughs> Why would you bother to specify that? I don't know, but that's yeah, just a lot how... Of questions are being answered by the phrasing that I used to say that yeah. my head is attached to my body. That's just how the phrase yeah. hit me, uh, and it was very, <laughs> very funny to me. Yeah. Um, and in, in season three, they introduced the idea that there used to be other ghosts that would hang out with the ones that we know and were friends with them, and then they, like, moved on. Yeah. And we saw a very brief moment of, a like, a Puritan lady ghost mm-hmm. uh, that it took me three watches to realize was played by Bridget Christie. Um, and that, that okay. character. She was in the most recent season of uh, Taskmaster. Hmm, okay. I'm like three seasons beyond on Taskmaster. Okay. Well, Bridget Christie is the very odd woman who dresses a cowboy in the most recent season of Taskmaster. That'll be fun when I get to it. <laughs> Thank you for this free preview. <laughs> You're welcome. I found out in an inter- I read an interview with Bridget Christie, and she said not only did she dress as a cowboy because her favorite movie is, uh, like, what is it? Cowboys vs. Aliens. Or whatever. Fistful of dollars, That's whatever funny. that old famous, yeah. So she dresses like the main guy from that in all of her tasks. But then in the studio, when you see her, she's wearing a cowboy related item in every costume. <laughs> and I didn't realize it, but she is. She's either wearing boots or like a f- shirt with fringe on it. It's very good. That is oh, very good. Right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they got into more of Bridget Christie's character in this most recent season of Ghosts, and it's great. If you have watched The American Ghosts and you think this is terrible and insulting to my intelligence, you should definitely try The British Ghosts because it's actually good and not a terrible piece of garbage and awful and, uh, like, the worst indictment of American television I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of par for the course for American remakes of British shows. Yeah. It is, but, like, I remember when I watched The British Office and then The American Office, and everyone was like, well, The British Office is better because it respects your intelligence. And I was like, I don't... I think that The British Office is kind of shitty, actually. Like, (laughs) it has, like like, a jaded worldview that I don't love, and I feel like The American Office certainly has its problems, but is more earnest. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm like, uh uh-oh, am I that person but for ghosts? But I just find the American ghosts to be so bad and so (laughs) insulting to my intelligence. What's weird about that office opinion that people have, that I've heard people express, is I watched the first couple episodes of each and they're, like, shot-for-shot remakes. That's true, but I think that Ricky Gervais exudes a like a shitty energy (laughs) that kind of contaminates the British office. Whereas like whether or not you like Steve Carell, his portrayal of that character is a lot more 
doofusy than it is shitty. Yeah, I feel like they really hit their stride and they figured out that he should be a bad boss who shouldn't be in the role of a boss, but he loves everyone there and he loves working there. He's just an incompetent boss. He's not actively trying to make people's lives worse. Yeah, that yeah. makes it capitalist propaganda, though. Because <laughs> incompetence well, means that you're evil when, okay, it's, well, when yeah. it's bosses. Fair enough. But I do, I do think that it kind of corrects for that a little bit by being maybe the most blatant example in culture of the heroes being the people who never do anything at work and just uh, goof off and collect a paycheck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jim, Jim Office invented quiet quitting. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. I'm glad we're finally saying it. <laughs> he actually was more radical than people are today because he was wasting time making jello molds and stuff during work yeah. hours yeah. rather than mm-hmm. just doing the minimum of his job. Ruining office supplies well, by encasing them in jello. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays, if you wanted to do that, you'd have to make the jello and then package it up and mail it to somebody <laughs> because everyone's working from home these days. Yeah, nobody wants to come into the office anymore. Capital T, yeah. capital O, the office. Yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't well, want to I'm be one of those people it. who says the British version is better all the time, but in this case, the British version is definitely better, so deal with it. Awesome. I'm dealing with it. Yep. Jeff, you should watch uh, Ghosts. You would like it. I probably would. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, bad at, I'm bad at watching shows. Ah, but then, sometimes, during some weeks, you're like, well, I watched all 12 seasons of this show, so... Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I, I'm saying I'm not going to rule it out, but <laughs> if I, I, can't set, I can't set my mind to it and do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I keep on thinking about how I wonder if the American Ghost would be better if they hadn't cast that one actress from all of the Hallmark movies as the lead. Oh, man. The the woman who is in The Christmas Prince that everyone loved a couple years ago. That's a Netflix just, movie. How dare you? That's true. I thought that She's was Vanessa Hudgens. Ter- no. That's okay. the Not princess at all. switch. Oh, okay. A different, <laughs> a different <laughs> Netflix them, right? prince comedy romance <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she's so bad in that that that's why it became a meme. I think is because everyone was like, "Can you believe how bad this actress is?" And then there, I, then I think I genuinely think executive producers were like, "Well, we don't know why people are talking about this actress, but they are. So let's put her in lots more stuff." Well, <laughs> I love that. I, I'm going to call that the Morbius effect now, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it is the Morbius effect. You're right. I think you could only call it the Morbius effect if it doesn't work. Well, it didn't work mm, here. Did it not? I mean, right? it did work in that the American Ghosts is a way more popular than the British one for some reason. <laughs> I've never heard anyone talk about it. Yeah, it I didn't won, even like, realize there would be a season. Oh, man. Hmm. Ugh, I really hope that it gets cancelled because it's so terrible. Now I kind of want to watch the American one now that I know it's award-winning. I, apparent- <laughs> I found out that the only reason that the British Ghosts got renewed for two more seasons, so they'll go through at least season five, is because the American one was doing so well. Ah. So that I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm conflicted. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's one one for them and one for us. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just bad. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, I'm gonna tie this in with last week. Uh, I played Ooblets and I watched a whole entire season of a show, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I didn't talk about the show. I talked about Ooblets, which is still great, and I'm still enjoying that. But the yeah. show that I watched was The Resort, which I know Jeff has watched, yes, and I don't think I Matt has. 
I have not. And this is a show that's just one season. Question mark. There's a little bit of a, there's a way they could do another season with a totally different story and different cast almost entirely. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of considering it now so I don't get disappointed. I'm considering this a one season show. Is this a horror thing? It is not. And I was afraid that it might be. It's more like the things you can make yourself worry about, those Mm -hmm. types of things. So, like, it deals with having terrible concerns about your life and your your own mental state inside your mind, and then externalizing those to be like, oh, there's a creepy mystery. But it's more about what the characters are thinking. God, it's hard to describe. Matt, I like the show very much. Yeah, I liked it too. Matt, have you seen the the David Lynch film Blue Velvet? No. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Have you read the Paul Auster New York trilogy? No. Dang. Okay. Uh, So there was a brief, like, boom in the 80s of what if we did noir, but the mystery was ridiculous nonsense. Oh, I think... um, Dirk gently falls into this a little bit. Hmm. In that, See, here's, in here's that he thing, tries to solve the mystery, but it is like he tries to solve it in an insane way. Hmm. Um, here's the thing, though. Th- this show is billed in places with brief, brief synopsises as a comedy. I don't think this is a comedy at all. Yeah, I didn't find it particularly funny. The performances are, I think, uh, they're grounded in a way that is sometimes mm-hmm. comedic, if that makes sense. Yeah, when things are really going off the rails for the characters, sometimes the way they react can be quite humorous. There yeah. are a few moments of screaming and trying to escape people in a car when they may or may not being chased, Yeah, which I, is very funny. I think it is much more like if you are interested in sort of a, a madcap mystery type of show, um, yeah. then this would be... Be the so, the thing to watch. I want to if if I was listening to this podcast, I would be going insane because no one's talked about the show what it is yet. So I'm going to say real quick, this is a show about a couple that goes on vacation to a resort in Mexico, and we discover they are not as happy with their lives as they seem to be, and they stumble upon what seem to be clues about some people who disappeared in this location 15 years ago. And then they decide, it's kind of that thing where you're having problems in your own life, so you're like, I don't want to focus on that. I want to solve this 15-year-old mystery, and this is the most important thing to me in the world now. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. the way they go along with that is very good and entertaining and surprising, and yeah, I really loved it. I also love that this is a show where you don't find out a character... (laughs) is a main character until about halfway through. Yeah. Um, it's got, uh, if actors are important to you for choosing shows to watch. No, don't! Got... No, 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 no! Oh, I, I was just going to say the two... No, no, I, no, 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 no! Don't say who's... Don't say who shows up! I no, I was just going to say the main is. couple. Okay, okay, that's fine. Kristen Milioti and William Jackson Harper play the, the aforementioned couple. Um, I love that I don't know who either of those people are after all this build-up. <laughs> William Jackson Harper is Cheaty from The Good Place, and Kristen Milioti oh, okay. is the eponymous How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. You, if I you mean, saw like, her, I know what know the show is, is yeah. but I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch the show long enough to get to the part where right. that character was introduced. Do you remember yeah. the Black Mirror where uh, Jesse Plemons is a Star Trek? <laughs> 
She's, uh, in, she's in that one, too. I barely remember that it exists. I'm not going to remember an actress from it. Fair. She's like the, I think, the central actress in that in that one black mirror from that weird middle period when no one was talking about it, but it was still pretty good. I need to go back. I got so turned off to Black Mirror after that one episode where, was it, was it, uh, what's her name, Amy, mm. where it's like a Facebook thing and, and if people like you, then that, well, yes, that's right. I got so turned off for, from that show because of that episode and I really don't like Bryce Dallas Howard and I really don't like her in that episode specifically. And so much of it is about how, oh, poor Bryce Dallas Howard, her life is so hard. And I'm like, fuck this. I fucking hate this. <laughs> Do you just hate her because you had a bad experience on the set of Lady in the Water? Yeah, she yelled at me. She yelled <laughs> at all of us. It was very rude. Uh, you would have like, yelled too I- if you were a nepotism baby and like 19 years old or however old yes, she was. That's definitely true, but I do think that there's lots of people who hate celebrities for lots of reasons, and I feel like she actually specifically yelled at me is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, that is yeah. a pretty good one. I'm not going to try I'm not going to dissuade you from from this. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cuz if anyone uh, is ever like, why do you like dislike Bryce Dallas Howard so much, you could be like, ah, really good reason actually. One yeah. time she Now ask me why me. I don't like Mandy Patinkin. No. <laughs> he also yelled at me. Oh, same movie? No. This was when I was working at a theater and he was doing a musical review uh, and we were and literally I was an intern and they were like, You have to go and tell him he can't wear a sweatshirt on stage. And I did, and he yelled at me. Oh no. <laughs> yep. We have a whole saying about how you shouldn't shoot the messenger, and that's not because nobody ever does. <laughs> yep, it's true. Oh, man. I just think it's wild that you'd be like, yeah, I'm doing a fundraiser in Princeton. I'm sure I can wear my Castleton sweatshirt or whatever dumb shit. What are you doing, man? Come on. Mandy. What are you doing, Mandy? Mandy. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyway, the resort. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people told me this show was like Lost, which it is not mm. in any way. But mm. I kind of see why people would think that. Because there are some very strange occurrences that aren't quite explained. But in Lost, I feel like the weakness is it was a mainstream TV show and tried to, you know, be a commercial success. So there was never any emotional openness, even when they kind of pretended that there was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I, it was just, like, I think that they wanted to build to that, and then once it got popular, they f- found that they couldn't anymore. Yeah, so there was a lot of like, oh, this person feels bad because of this tragic backstory, but it's like you're watching something when you see that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the resort, I felt like I understood characters' motivations, and when they did stuff like like uh, this woman becoming obsessed with solving this mystery instead of dealing with her own problems. You're like, I get it. I totally understand why she's doing all these things. They all make sense. Yeah. I think, I think it also helps that the resort is like, was clearly conceived from beginning to end. And the mystery mystery, like (laughs) has an answer that was predetermined before they started (laughs) writing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I also heard people kind of like um, superficially say it's like lost in that, you don't get answers to all the questions. But Lost wanted you to think there were going to be concrete answers, whereas yes. this show, it's like philosophical questions. It lets you know that you can't, you can't always have the answer. You have to find it for yourself. 
And yeah, I think that's right. that's a real that's a solid real emotional core to something. It sucks that I feel like <laughs> we're as a society not going to learn the lesson from uh, lost that we were supposed to have learned, which is that J.J. <laughs> yeah. Abrams doesn't have answers to the questions he asks in things. <sighs> yeah, he's so good at setting up the mystery, we're still like, yes, please give him more money to make it's, more mysteries. It's just like... Yeah, J.J. Ab- Abrams strikes me as when you play Dungeons & Dragons with a, with a dungeon master who isn't very experienced, and so they're like, well, I've got the beginning of an idea for a campaign, so here we go. And then they keep stringing you along, and then every time you come up with a solution, you're like, oh, I bet it's this. They're like, no, it's not. I don't know what it is, but it's not that. Yeah. That's how J.J. Abrams directs things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when people figured out that they were definitely all dead the whole time, mm-hmm. and J.J. Abrams was like, no, it's definitely not that. We can't tell you what it is, but it's not that. And then it was that, kind of but they just changed it a little bit so they could still pretend that people had solved everything several seasons early. What are you doing? Yep. <laughs> that was so yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's frustrating. You have to just not pay attention to fans, so if they solve the mystery, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's the Or I... just be like, like, just don't comment on it. Yeah. If they <laughs> solve it, just be like, cool, some people figured it out. I did a good job putting clues in, I guess. Exactly. That's the whole. That was his whole issue with his Star War, is... All of it was like a reaction to how people reacted to the answers that were already provided. So he came up with new, different answers that were less satisfying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the resort I found was very satisfying because I think I loved it for the same reason that a lot of online uh, reviewers hated it. If you look at reviews for this, it was critically quite well received and audiences do not like it. And the audiences don't like it because a lot of the questions weren't answered, but they were never meant to be answered. And they're questions we ask in our own lives, like, does my life have meaning? So you can't quantify that and write it out and have characters explain that to you in a show if it's going to have any resonance. So they didn't bother. But you can have the characters in a podcast tell you that, no, your life does not have meaning. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The the thing is about TV audiences, uh, adult television audiences uh is that they want oh you mean like cinemax yeah adult television cinemax they want they want they want sesame street for grown-ups yeah they Mm -hmm. definitely do they want to be able to have a conversation at a party and be like well this is what the resort's actually about and sound smart because they know the correct answer yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but if anything's good if any piece of media is good there's more than one correct answer so or no correct answers yeah because art shouldn't be puzzles to be solved. Unless the art is a puzzle. <laughs> yes. I also like that this... Um, I was very surprised it was for, for Peacock. Although, actually, I don't know if Peacock has commercials. Because this show is, has a nice pacing, which you don't often see on network television. It's, op- yeah. it's optional. There's like a commercial, like a free commercial supported uh, tier okay. of Peacock. Yeah, so there aren't like little artificial moments where it's like, ooh, find out what this means after the break. and. Um, the show, it's allowed to breathe, like there are moments where characters just don't say anything for a minute, which you also don't see often on network TV. Yeah. So I highly recommend this if people feel like being, you know, a little wistful, a little hopeful for the future, but maybe a little sad too. So it was a very nice show. The golden age of television, everyone. Yeah. And uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I have in my little book here a lot of things I did. Um, I think the oh, is your book powered by a diesel engine? <laughs> yeah, no, that was not in mine. I heard that. 
Yeah, I know. Fucking oh. motorcycles. Ugh. Oh, is that you, Louisa? Yeah. <laughs> My motorcycle. Like but I were... have to keep idling outside or it'll get cold. I have to keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought maybe your your little book of notes, Jeff, had like a rip cord that you had to pull to get the engine started. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to cut the lock off with a chainsaw because I keep losing the key. <laughs> um, no, I I caught up on shows this week mostly. Um, did I talk last week about? Uh, I th- think I talked about Star Trek last week, right? Yes, you did. Okay. Mm, yes. Did I talk about you lower decks? About lower decks specifically. Did yes. I talk about Strange New Worlds? No. Okay. How many I, fucking Star Treks are there? There's a bunch. <laughs> Too many. Like no. five right now. Uh, no. we're, we're in a Star Trek Renaissance. Strange New Worlds is the one with <laughs> Captain Pike. Yes. Uh, I yes. started that. I've watched three or four of them, um, and it's pretty good. It's like is a it? prequel to the J.J. Abrams Star Trek series. <laughs> no, is that right? It is not. It is a prequel to the oh, original series. Oh, but it's series. got the same actor. It doesn't. Wait. It doesn't have the same actor playing Captain Pike? No, uh, it's Anson Mount who played Pike on Discovery, um, but there's, like, some other guy who plays him in those movies. Isn't it impossible to tell stories about Captain Pike when you know how bad his life is going to end up? Yeah, that's what's interesting about it, is Hmm. uh, through... Every episode he starts by being like, well, I'm certain that I'm not going to get tortured to death by Klingons. (laughs) I'm never going to be put in a little beep box. (laughs) And if I'm... If I'm wrong, let let some Klingons rip my legs off, he says. That's his catchphrase. The uh conceit the conceit of many episodes is that for convoluted dumb Star Trek reasons, he does know exactly that that's going to happen and <laughs> oh, when. No. Oh my god. Oh wait, did a fortune teller tell him that when he was a little girl? <laughs> it was I don't know, some kind of stupid magic space cloud like it always is. <laughs> The nope cloud. <laughs> yeah, they just, I don't know, they touched a crystal and a voiceover gave a, I don't know, it's stupid. But okay. but it's interesting to see the effects on a character when they know that their life will turn out poorly and how lo- much longer they have left. Um, ah. Even though I don't Can we talk about like how the, that's what- Go ahead. Can we talk about how that's what turns Cersei Lannister evil in the <laughs> the Game of Thrones uh, books? Yeah. Uh, and how stupid that is. I got so mad when that happened in the show. I was like, actually, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I I dislike the fan service of every time Pike shows up, there has to be some kind of, like, wink about the menagerie. Like, oh, man. Like, when he shows up in those, uh, in the J.J. Abrams movies, it's like, it, they, like, kind of linger on the fact that he's walking around. Like oh, in this time, in this time, this timeline, it didn't happen because it's different because of Chris Hemsworth getting exploded, Um, Mm -hmm. and like that is annoying. But also, Anson Mount is so charming, and the guy who plays Spock in Strange New Worlds is incredibly good at it. Hmm. Um, And both of so this is there's three Spocks now. Uh, There's three actors playing Spock? Played Spock? There have been minimum three actors who've played Spock, yes. Who did the voice on the animated series? I think it was probably Leonard Nimoy. He wasn't up yeah, I to think it was anything. They had a lot of the original cast do those uh, terrible animated shows uh, voiceovers. Yeah, because they didn't end up having careers. <laughs> uh, it's Here's... You know what? Here's what they should have done instead. You could have avoided all of this if you just had, instead of Captain Pike, 
it's Captain Robert April, who's in basically nothing Star Trek wise, but was huh. captain of the Enterprise right before. What yeah, if but you had no one would give a shit a new captain that? and a new story. That would be entirely. nice. Yeah, the next <laughs> next generation. Yeah. Uh, I, the problem is they really painted themselves into a corner at the end of Deep Space Nine with like the whole universe being dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man! They, and then they, we see uh, the uh, Animal House graphics come up to tell you what happened to all those characters afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Cisco <laughs> died in Vietnam. <laughs> uh, I. It was oh, Leonard no. Nimoy who did the voice on the animated series. That's crazy. That's crazy that they got all of the same actors that are in the show to come together and do the animated series. He could have just done more of the show. That's expensive, though. Yeah, that's more expensive. way less expensive than having people draw it! No, are you it kidding me? Have you look seen what drawings. that show looks like? It's so bad. <laughs> I guess that's true. There's a fun gag whenever they look at, like, historical documents on Lower Decks and, like, where there would be a, like, photograph of... James Kirk, it is a uh, screen, like a image of him from the animated series. That's a good joke. <laughs> which is, I think, a pretty solid gag. Um, yeah. I do want them to do a, like, here's, it's like 50 years after Next Generation, here's who's on the Enterprise now type of thing. Um, yeah. That would be you know what nice. They should do, you know what they should do on Strange New Worlds is have them encounter. Kelsey Grammer's ship. Oh yeah. Before it gets t- caught in that time loop. Oh yeah. That does sound vaguely familiar to me. That happened in one. There's, oh yeah, it's like a there's a famous episode of Star Trek the Next Generation where they crash into a ship that's coming out of a weird portal and it turns out that it's Kelsey Grammer's ship and he's been trapped in a time loop for uh, like 150 years or something. Yeah. Yeah, this is only ten years before the original series, so I don't know if they'd have the time. Yeah, that's a whole generation before Next Generation, though, Jeff. <laughs> Think about it. Wasn't the, the bit of that is that it, it was, like, a ship from before, like, long before uh, the Enterprise that we know? I think, I, I mean, Isn't I don't remember. wearing that quilted shoulder area uniform that oh, the, the original one. series cast did in the movies yeah. yes yeah Interesting. i think it's supposed to be if i remember correctly and i'm sure star trek nerds will correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that if you do the math out then he got trapped after the original series but before the movie okay hmm. uh yeah i guess so he could he could show up in strange new worlds uh, mm, but we... then you have to work with Kelsey Grammer, and who wants to do that? Uh, no, well... they would cast someone else because it's from <laughs> slightly, it's from like ten to fifteen years earlier, and he is could be thirty young... years older. Oh, Nicholas Holt. We already know who could be the young Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We already know it's Nicholas Holt. <laughs> yeah, and then he could turn into a, some kind of beast. Yes, perhaps? yeah, a blue one, maybe. Yeah, only yeah. if he doesn't take his special medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dumb. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, uh, I've been enjoying Strange New Worlds. I'm excited to watch the rest nice. of it. It's doing fun things, uh... It... Uh, it's pronounced doing. Oh, yeah, it's James <laughs> doing fun things. <laughs> Good, thank you for that. Uh, um, thank you. I, I like it's Star Trek. to be nominated. You know what I didn't realize I missed? What's that? Is the monologue. Space, oh, yeah. the final frontier. I was like, when I when it came up, I was like, oh yeah, oh hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> Star Trek, <laughs> because there hasn't been one with that in 
I guess since like probably the Scott Bakula one, which I didn't watch, so I don't even know if yeah. that one has it. <laughs> That's a mistake. They need a monologue. That's what sets them apart. Yeah, but the, but the Scott Bakula one did have that awesome straight from the heart uh, theme song. <laughs> awesome, huh? Awesome is what you're gonna I'm, say. Yeah, he's in all sarcasm. of it. <laughs> I'm doing a sarcasm. Um, I yeah, I I would like for them to get out of the sort of Star Wars uh, inter intergeneration like nostalgia era that they're doing right now. But yeah, uh, I am enjoying the stuff that they're doing. Uh, maybe more than the Star Wars. Like, yeah, I don't need an Obi-Wan show. Fun to see Ewan McGregor get to be in something that is made competently as Obi-Wan, but they're not telling a story that's particularly interesting, whereas over yeah. in Star Trek, even though, like, Discovery and Strange New Worlds are like, oh, it's right before the original series, we're gonna see a bunch of characters we've met before, they're, they're doing fun things. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I wish that they had the courage to do a, a series set after all of the series we've seen so far. Like, yeah. one of the things that was so interesting about Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and then Voyager was that they were like, well, now we need to figure out what the future of the future looks like. Like, we've already done, ooh, imagine if you could travel through space, so now we need to figure out what those people would imagine for their future. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a very cool idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, uh... culture's over, so we can only recycle stuff that's already happened now. We can't have any new ideas. This is why, just like every week, we need to tell Hollywood that they need to hire us to write the new stuff. Because <laughs> we would write fresh new takes on Star Trek or Batman. Uh, you say that, but no, we wouldn't. We would just figure out a way to work the Universal Monsters into everything. <laughs> that's that what we would do. Captain Frankenstein <laughs> oh, of the USS Enterprise, a thousand years in the future Oh my of god, Star Trek. I love this so much. Can you imagine a series where it's like, oh yeah, no, what, like... You, just like the data idea in Next Generation of like, oh, this is a one-of-a-kind scientific achievement. In this one, the captain is a person that's cobbled together from corpses because they figured <laughs> it out once, how to do it one time, and he's like a gestalt entity with all the different consciousnesses. Yeah, like, this is a great idea, you guys. <laughs> some, some like, uh, Vulcan scientist went insane and got really obsessed with the novel Frankenstein and made a Frankenstein yeah. and then died. Yeah. This is a good idea. See, what I love about this is, I said derogatorily that all we would do is put Universal mm. Monsters in things instead and of coming up with ideas. And now you've been convinced that and actually that's no. a great idea and you love it. We've demonstrated that it's exactly good. right. I was exactly right because that is all we would do. We're very excited about the ideas. Yep. Yes, it's great. That's why. That's why we are excited. Oh, good. man. Show me what the Enterprise is up to after everyone died long ago, cowards. Yeah, we all want to know what the Enter Enterprise H is like. Yeah, give yep. me the Enterprise Omega. <laughs> They've ran out of letters because it kept blowing up. <laughs> yep. <sighs> What's the show about? What Remember are we doing? how... Oh no, you can remember keep talking much, about Star Trek. Yeah, remember how much Voyager had to deal with fucking time travelers? No, I don't, because I didn't watch it, I'm they sorry. They had, like, the fucking yeah. time police show up and be the main villains for a whole season. The villains, you say? That's interesting. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. They shouldn't do, you do time the episode travel. Where they, travel they travel back in time to hang out with Sarah Silverman? <laughs> yes. Is that back yes. in time? I knew she was on that show. Yes! 
Yeah. She oh was my god. In the 90s. Yes. You can tell by every uh, shot of her in her clothes <laughs> that it isn't supposed to be the 90s. Yes. Oh, just incredible. The whole thing is like the worst idea for a Star Trek. <laughs> Worse even than Captain Frankenstein. Anyway. There's, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. What we do Take on this back. show is <laughs> we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page and enter a random word to see a list of articles people have requested related to that word, and then we provide them with some advice. Uh, so this week, our random word was oven. Hooray! Why do they Je- call Jeff, it? Jeff, I think you had yeah, what? you had a question yeah, about ovens. Uh-huh. Why do they call it oven when you oven the hot food and ov out? Nope, did it wrong. <laughs> Why do they call it oven when you oven the cold food and then of mm. out hot eat the food? Yes, there you go. There we go. Ah, uh, I froze up. I, I got stage fright. For Jeff, do you ever that think meme. that Jeff? Do you think that uh, Jeff Kowalski meme explainer is kind of the modern day equivalent of poetry recitals? Yeah, I do. In fact, I, I think, think that, that should... I'm Shakespeare now. <laughs> oh, yeah. you are the original rapper. Yep, I'm po- I, I point should... at Shakespeare with both of my fingers and I say, "Look at me, I'm you." <laughs> now I'm the you now. And then and then the camera cuts to Shakespeare looking shocked, and then it cuts back to you, and you're also Shakespeare, oh, and you're cool. also and you're looking smug. <laughs> you have to grow your hair shoulder length and then curl up the bottoms of it. Mm-hmm. I'm already halfway there. Yeah. No, yep. no, I'm not. You could do that with just your beard. <laughs> and the bottoms curl up without me having to do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I'm Louisa. Sure that's what happened with Shakespeare too. <laughs> <laughs> Louisa, tell us how to do all of this oven stuff. <laughs> yep. This is pretty good. I'm seeing a lot of recipes, which I don't want to get into because I I can just talk about that the entire time. But, Sorry, Matt. I yep. know you're also an oven pervert. You can talk about the <laughs> ovens too if you want. I'm more of a stovetop pervert. I think Louise is the <laughs> oven expert here. I will say, I've changed the heating coils inside an electric oven, which isn't mm-hmm. on here, which is a little bit confusing, but not so confusing you need to hire someone to do it. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. there are questions about that as part of this. Matt, I think stovetop pervert is a, is a Delta Bluesman from the 30s. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Stovetop Pervert was an attempt to expand the brand of Stovetop Stuffing that did not take <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone was like, Stovetop Stuffing, and then like waggled mm-hmm. their eyebrows, and the other marketing yeah. executives were like, no thanks. Instead of adding chicken stock, you add lube, Yeah, I gross. guess. Gross. You have yeah. sex with the, the food. The stuffing, I guess. I guess. I guess. Is this, oh, is this an American Pie sequel, American Thanksgiving? <laughs> Was there one of those? Suddenly you say that, and I'm like, was there a Yeah, there I know, that's a, it, it's entirely possible. <laughs> oh, boy. The thing is, it does subvert expectations, because you think he's going to fuck that turkey, but he doesn't, he fucks the stuffing instead. Gross. There is an yep. apple pie at Thanksgiving, usually, though. Oh, yeah, yes, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the, like, the Chekhov's gun of the whole thing. You've got this apple pie in every shot in the movie, and you expect, will they, won't they, you know what I mean? Oh, I love that episode of Star Trek, the original series, Chekhov's gun, about when Chekhov gets mm-hmm. a gun. <laughs> Again, you say that as a joke, but I'm not 100%. That's the kind of humor they did do sometimes on the original Star Trek series. Yeah. Oh, man. What a weird time where you could get away with being like, ah, yes, Russians, the ethnic minority that makes our cast diverse. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they had Michelle Nichols also. Right, yeah. They It was just, like, alongside of... And, the, uh, what's his name? Sulu. Yeah, they were, like, a, alongside uh, black and Asian people, we also have this Russian man. <laughs> that was more political, wasn't it? Like, yeah, wow, I think look it at was this, like the a... Cold War is over. Yeah. We're working together with Russians. Russians and... Russians and Vulcans working together. We never thought we'd see the day. Cats and dogs <laughs> living together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the first ones is how to oven dry tomatoes, which I love to do, and this is super mm-hmm. easy. You cut little uh, cherry tomatoes in half, you put them half side up, you drizzle them with olive oil and salt, and you put them in the oven at 250 degrees for like three hours, and they come out great. That's all you have to do. It's amazing. How I've tried to do this a couple times, and they don't get as dry as I want them to get. Do you, you could you put them, them in for longer and turn them into, like, tomato jerky? Yes. Because that's what I want. Yes, you absolutely can. <laughs> that is a true thing you can do. One issue I, I have be good. is there's still tomatoes at the end of it. <laughs> but mm, the flavor's true. so concentrated, and they're so extra sweet and extra sour after that. Hmm. Now, Jeff, is the reason that you don't like it because you don't want to eat tomatoes? I don't hate tomatoes, but, like, I don't mm-hmm. think I would go out of my way to make them more tomatoey. <laughs> okay, because here's what I was going to suggest. Could you do this and dry them for long enough that you could stitch them together into some kind of leather jacket? Whoa. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, to, to intimidate the killer tomatoes in this Attack of the Killer Tomatoes mm-hmm. sequel. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I was watching a Halloween Baking Wars the other day, and they somebody used... To, they had to use tomatoes in their thing, so they like scraped out the tomato and just used the skin and candied it. Uh, and <sighs> the judges were like, "This is incredible and delicious." And I was like, "How is that possible?" That's yeah, that's very that's strange. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. If y'all aren't on the Halloween Baking Wars tip, you need to get out. On uh, it I probably do. I love to see Halloween treats being made. I bet I would enjoy a, it. It's great to watch Halloween treats being made, and B. Especially in so far, this season hasn't done much of it, but they do such a good job of setting challenges where you're genuinely like, "There's no way they're going to be able to pull this off." <laughs> like <laughs> you, you reach into a bag to to determine what ingredient you need to put in to your thing, and somebody pulls out fucking co- coleslaw. <laughs> you have to make a cake with coleslaw in it, and they do it. They figure it out. It's so good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I feel like most baking shows, it's like, and the challenge is, you need to make it beautiful. And it's like, fuck, yes, of course, we're all trying to do that all the time anyway. (laughs) That reminds me of that uh, Janine Garofalo comedy bit from literally the 90s, where she's like, magazines are always like, the look this spring is beautiful and fresh. Like, oh, is it? Is it this time? This time we're going for beautiful and fresh? (laughs) Yep. Uh, okay, so how I, how uh, how do you oven pork chops with gravy? That's not a question. I, well, I'm saying you don't, but you either need to make the gravy ahead of time and braise it in the gravy, or you need to make the gravy afterwards on the stovetop. Controversial. I think if you could, you do pork chops in like a Dutch oven. Yeah. <clears throat> And then, then you'd have gravy afterwards. You just need to thicken it or whatever. I don't want to fart cook the pork chops, though. <clears throat> Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Come on. You're better than this, Jeff. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, em- I'm embracing my lowest common denominator. It was good that I said that um, thing about farts, actually. <laughs> Heroic, even. 
Uh, I made a uh, a steak and ale pie last week, and I just put all of the meat in a Dutch oven, not a fart thing, <laughs> but a Dutch oven with some beer, and just let it cook for like three hours, and it worked perfectly. It, it wasn't. It didn't even have to do any work. Yeah, and pork chops they're quite lean usually, so if you sear them, then you can you can braise them in a liquid. That'd be fine, and then you can turn that liquid into gravy, no problem. Yep, pork chops I are feel like fine. One of the main but... problems. <sighs> One of the main problems I have with pork chops is that they they tend to be chewier than I want. Yeah. And maybe slow cooking is the way to go. I think, Matt, you need to embrace the idea that you're not going to cook it as much as the uh, USDA wants you to in 1978, and mm. you should have them be a little bit pink in the middle, because that's what I do, and they're great. Yeah, make but, make your make medium-rare pork chops, coward. No. <laughs> don't let don't the man far. tell you not to. <laughs> Yeah, I go medium well rather than well done. The libs. <laughs> what? I go with medium well rather than well done, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I think that's all you need for a nice juicy pork chop. Eh, I think I think maybe slow cooking is the way to go. I've never really enjoyed pork chops, if I'm being honest. I like <sighs> well, a pork loin, but a pork chop is not for me. I've, I don't. I've think. had good pork chops, but it is not. If I'm gonna have pork, I might as well cook like. A pork shoulder or something. (laughs) Well, I think if you get the loin or a loin chop, you can treat it the same way you would a beef tenderloin, which is, you know, the same cut from a different animal. And that way you can get a much cheaper version of this nice meat if you learn to cook it that way. Yeah, and it's... I like that a pork tenderloin cooks quickly and has the ability to absorb flavors well yeah. so that uh, it's sort of like a blank canvas that I can paint my dinner onto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> That's true. Whereas I feel like pork chops, they kind of are in a box. Like, you kind of have to have them the way that pork chops are. You know I what I mean? Know. There's... If they're real thin, you can bread them like a, like a cat snake. Yeah, like a shake like, and bake. Yeah. <clears throat> like a wiener schnitzel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... What I'm fascinated about with this how-to, this WikiHow page, is so much of it is the way that you do this is you turn the oven on and put the thing inside. (laughs) How to oven roast garlic. You can't mess that up. You can. Yeah, you can. But the thing about an oven is it's a box that keeps things at a certain temperature. So all you need to do for all these is find out what that temperature is. Yes, that's the thing. And the amount of time. Yes. Time and temperature are the variables here. And I will say, I've I've known people who've tried to roast garlic who didn't know that you needed to wrap it in foil first. Yeah. I've done I've, it not wrapped put, in foil, and you, it turned out okay, too, though. Yeah, if you have it fire low your enough house. temperature. <laughs> well, the yeah. thing is, I've met a lot of people who don't mm. seem to understand that you can't, you can't turn the temperature up to turn the time of some cooking something down, it's yeah. not a one-to-one exchange there. But a lot of people seem that, to think it is. I get why, though, because I think, like, yeah. I think when I first started experimenting with cooking, I didn't totally get that either. Because there are some things, like, if you want yeah. water to boil, just put the heat as high as you can, and it'll yeah. get there faster. Yeah. But, like, when you want the heat to penetrate uh, the flesh of something... Yeah. You need to take into account the fact that the outside is going to get hot much faster than the inside. I think that's the piece that people don't totally understand when they first get into cooking. That's yeah. true. And with meats, a lot of times, uh, it'll get tough because the um, 
muscles contract, the enzymes uh, link up, and you need to keep it lower than that temperature for as long as possible. It's quite complicated, really. The problem. The science of it is quite complicated, but you can do a lot of that stuff without knowing the science of That's it true. because people have done it for like thousands of years. Yeah, if you just yeah, put and a roast science really wasn't low. invented until like the fifties. <laughs> right. I'm saying that the scientific method and cooking are at radically different points in history. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just making a joke about science. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, in a way, science kind of wasn't invented until the 50s. Yeah. I mean, so obviously the process of science predates the creation, like the codification of the scientific method, but that's no. neither here nor there. Cavemen could cook meat and have it be edible and presumably taste good. I don't know that it... I don't know that we can make that presumption, to be honest. <laughs> it tasted good enough. That's it the tastes, yeah, it tasted good enough that they eventually built society, so... <laughs> That's true. The thing about food, just, when people talk about, like, oh, these dummies in this time period, in this location, they didn't know anything about anything. They didn't have salt or any seasonings. Their food was terrible. Well, we don't know that, and we don't know what they used that we don't have a record of. And it was good enough. Whatever it was that kept people alive wherever, whatever they made, they did the best they could do with what they had, and they made something good enough. I often think about the fact that so much of taste preferences are um, cultural. Yeah. Like, you know, something that we would find disgusting, like a dried squid, is like a common snack food in Asian countries sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. And it makes me wonder, for early humanoids that didn't really have a history of food, like, how did they figure out what they thought tasted good and what- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's just, you try things, and if you like them, you make more of them. And if you're an influential person, you're like, this is really delicious, other people are going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I wonder, like, there's so much stuff that I won't eat purely because of mental problems like <laughs> got mental problems yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot of stuff that problems. i won't do because of mental problems not just food related <laughs> that's true but also like like i won't eat an eyeball i just won't do it. it it would the idea of it makes me feel ill even though i understand that that is a purely mental problem uh-huh. like there's nothing about eyeballs that will hurt me but i don't want to eat it and like <clears throat> is that something like at what point in human evolution did that become a thing that people could do you know what i mean yeah i don't know yeah i don't really know what gets you to that point but i think it's very easy for all of us to remove the weirdness about the foods we like from our minds yeah. so yeah somehow you get there so much of what's inside things is just tubes rubbery tubes <laughs> yeah uh uh, especially, feel- especially androids. They have those rubbery tubes <laughs> full of milk. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Why do they need all that milk? <laughs> <laughs> to feed their young, Matt. <laughs> so when they betray you and explode, you know that they're not human. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I love that that robot's full of milk in Alien. That rules so hard. <laughs> it's so fun. I think I read something I just, about the makers where they just wanted something that would be really gross. Yeah, they <laughs> succeeded. Yeah, I like. I feel bad for what's his face, the actor who played the robot. Was that um, the Paul guy Reiser? from 1984? I have no idea. I've 
would know his name if I, I heard it, it, but I can't pull it off the top of my head. I think it's the guy who was in 1984 as well. George something. No, George Orwell wrote it. That's not right. <laughs> anyway. You know, this is a um, rare acting role from... I feel bad for him. Oh no, he's the guy who got the alien bursting out of his chest is the guy from 1984. Yeah, John... Is anyway, it Paul Reiser? That's John all I got. He's in Aliens, no. the sequel. Oh, okay. Yes. Anyway, the robot, when he gets all fucked up by the alien... Uh, and then he's got that milk, like, coming out of his mouth while he's talking. Uh-huh. I always think about how that actor, between shots, every time they cut away to Ridley, he has to, like, take another gulp of fucking, I don't know, Pepto-Bismol or whatever, <laughs> so it could be oozing out of his mouth the whole time. It's so gross. I love how many of the creative decisions in that movie were made uh, with... Like the thought, man, this would be really gross, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. that's such a good unifying like element that it makes the whole movie actually achieve that effect pretty well. Yeah, I've been thinking that this Halloween I maybe want to watch all the Alien movies in order again uh-huh. because they're good. Like even the bad ones are pretty good. Yeah, I you can't like Prometheus and stuff. Yeah, I think I would watch Prometheus as well. But the question is, do I watch Prometheus first or last? Mm, uh, you got to do it in release order. Um, yeah, I, I still so haven't too. gotten through Alien three or four, but I did watch Prometheus <laughs> and Covenant. What? Alien three is pretty okay. Alien four <laughs> is not good, but it's not good in a fun way, so that's fine. Yeah, um, I might get through. Th- I will probably get through those eventually. I think. I think because of the new Hellraiser coming out soon, I will probably want to watch uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser two, if not sequels. Because mm-hmm. uh, Hellraiser is good. Everyone watch Hellraiser. That's my advice this Halloween. Maybe I will. <laughs> I don't know anything about it except that one guy and the fact that it's about. Uh, sex demons, and that doesn't really appeal to me. It's about a guy who gets so horny that he can't be satisfied by normal Earth sex. And he has to summon, <laughs> yeah, why... he has to summon the jack-off demons from hell. Is this good? Yes, it's, a, it's that sounds great. Like, that sounds like a commercial for an anime, not a <laughs> plot of a movie. Oh, I should mention, he's not the hero of the film. He just sort Who's of... the hero? Is it Pinhead? He, is no, Pinhead the hero? Because rule. I want to see his emotional journey. <laughs> Pinhead is almost like a neutral character in the film, uh, and the guy mm. who summons Pinhead is much more villainous. Yeah, I'm off board again. Uh, anyway, good good movie. Okay. But how do you cook chestnuts in the oven? False. Open you fire only. chestnuts over an open fire. Exactly. Yeah. This is a trick. But you get to hear the chestnuts pop, 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 pop. This was a this was a trick from the Krampus. That's who asked this question. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Krampus who gets you if you're not celebrating Christmas correctly. Yeah, if you do the Christmas traditions wrong, he puts you in his little sack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then beats you with a stick. That is definitely a sex thing. <laughs> yes. Did you guys notice that one of the Pokemon that you can, like, run around on the back of in Legends Arceus is a Krampus? Kind of. I want more information, basically. I think <laughs> I did kind of notice that. <laughs> I think Sneasler is supposed to be a Krampus. Mm. He puts you in a little backpack and climbs around the mountains. <laughs> I mean, that's true. And it's not like a backpack backpack. It's like a cylindrical basket that hangs on his back that was very evocative of Krampus to me. But could this be related to, like, an Oni that I don't know about or something, rather than Krampus? Yeah, it's what is Krampus but Germany's Oni. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. 
It's also an insane thing to say. Now. He's just a cat man. Right, but when he carries you around, he carries you around in a wicker basket on his back. I see this, but I don't know. That's... You're now making it so that anytime anyone... Like, is a baby Bjorn a Krampus also? <laughs> Not a wicker basket on your back. And most, uh, I guess, parents don't have big, long claws like a Krampus. I don't know that that's true. Relative to the child, the parent does have big yeah, long Yeah, that's claws, true. Every, everything's a big claw when you're a little tiny baby. Yep. Which is who There are Pokemon way too for. many horny pictures of Sneasler on the internet. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. This is not even a horny Pokemon, guys. Yeah, but it is a Pokemon that's shaped like a human being. And that's your first mistake. Yeah. <clears throat> I just... It's more cat than man. Yeah, that's part of what... Why would you be what, turned on by this? It's supposed to be a weasel, by it. the way. Yeah, it's a weasel Krampus. <laughs> Listen, I, when I said the phrase weasel Krampus, did you not think, oh no, someone's horny for that? <laughs> it doesn't have the tongue, though. The Krampus really needs the tongue. Uh, yeah, no, it has that, like, swoop of hair in lieu of the tongue, because the tongue would make it too horny. Yeah. It's weird that it has, like, one long ear and one short ear. I never noticed yeah, this about this Pokemon I don't before. like when Pokemon are like that. It's like a side ponytail built into this Pokemon. Like it's pre-evolution Sneasel also has this. Ew. Which I did not yeah. notice initially because in 2D it was always shown from, like, a three-quarters angle, so the other ear was, like, obscured by the front larger ear. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, no thanks. So how come people don't talk more about Lickitung being a sexual being? <laughs> Is it because it's just a weird potato, <laughs> except it's got a big tongue? It's too obvious. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. it's, I mean, it's like Miltank, like, people this do is talk for... About <laughs> This is this is for like R crumb level perverts who need <laughs> the thing that they are into shoved in their face all the time. Yeah, yeah it's that's true. it's it's so beyond parody. It doesn't have the mm -hmm. subtleness of like Mewtwo. Yeah, or Mister Mime, <laughs> or Mister Rhyme. If you want someone who has a salary and is going to take care of you, <laughs> does he? He's just got a mustache. He certainly looks like he has a job. <laughs> I guess Is so. he the one that looks kind of like, um, uh, Charlie um, Chaplin? Charlie Chaplin? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I am surprised people weren't hornier about that Pokemon. I say this about a lot about of Pokemon. About Mr. Rhyme? Yeah. <laughs> but he's just a cute but little man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like... He's so doofy. A dumpy little man tap dancing with a mustache is the sort of thing that people on the internet have been horny for lately. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Not Ooh, in my Which experience. ones? <laughs> Why, are you looking to meet them? No, I'm saying, how have I not caught this wave? I'm a dumpy little man, and I love to tap yeah. dance. No, I, uh, I don't know. I think the, the, maybe the Danny DeVito of it all. I guess maybe Mr. Yeah. Rhyme is too fancy and not, like, sleazy enough. If Danny DeVito showed up to a Comic-Con dressed as Mr. Rhyme, the internet would cancel itself. Yeah. Everyone would have the to internet would have off. to wipe itself off the face of the earth, yeah. yeah. They'd have to wipe something off the face of the earth. Ooh. Pretty good. <laughs> it was good, actually. Oh, that's good. I'm I, hearing I'm, it's good, actually. Yeah, I got a new report, yeah. it's actually me, me touching two fingers to my ear. Oh, I'm hearing, actually. <laughs> it's good. Uh, this one um. I keep staring at on the list, because I don't know the answer. How do you dispose of a microwave oven? I guess you mm. sneak it to behind a restaurant and put it in their dumpster? Like, what else That's can you good, do? Huck it into That's the ocean. Plan. 
My local, um, what is it called? Public yard? Whatever they call the dump to make it not sound like a dump. Yeah. My local public yard has a bin for electronic waste. I assume that's where it would go. Public yard sounds like a euphemism for a gastropub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to go, yep. go to, down to the public yard and get brunch, and it's going to cost me $45 a person. Mm-hmm. They have yard-long publics. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh, what, would a, what would a public be in this context? It's a grocery chain on the west coast of America, obviously. Oh, I was thinking it was some kind of beer lollipop. Mm. <laughs> not, oh, I like this. Not a bad idea. Yep. Yeah. Foot-long public. Or like a, a hot dog that you lick instead of chew. <laughs> what? What are you talking about now? Well, that one is because of yard long made me think of like a foot long hot Jeff, dog. I think Jeff is like, something is going on with Jeff where he's very yes, horny Something today. is going on with me all of the time and it's not that. It's, it's the mental illness. Uh, you just yeah. keep bringing up licking hot dogs. Yeah, that... Well, that's yeah. I'm just hungry, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say, here's a surefire way that all of us have used to cure our mel- mental illness in the past. How do you cook burgers in the oven? You got mm, so it oven no. real fucking hot. No, you do. I don't. You do. I don't. If you want a <laughs> if you want a big burger that's like an inch thick, you sear it on the stovetop, you put it in the oven real hot to let it finish cooking enough. Works great. Mm-mm. The amount of cooking that is enough is almost none, so that's fine. I will sear it on the outside and then eat it while it's still cold pink in the middle. <laughs> yeah, good. Good plan. Yeah, it is good plan. It's great. <laughs> yeah, get Jeff, her, Jeff get likes her. those thin burgers, though, don't you, Jeff? Uh, my preferred style, yeah, is a thin burger, but I am, um, you know, I'm I'm open-minded burger-wise. I like all kinds Burger of burgers. Burger omnivorous. Yeah. Yeah. The real secret to good burgers is to grind your own meat. I know it sounds like it's crazy, but it makes the burgers so much better. Yes. I you think put some butter in there. Yes. I think. Yeah, I always put a stick of butter in a, a brisket, like three short ribs and a stick of butter. Wow. That is the perfect mix for a good burger grind. I think the secret of the good burger would be a really great name for the sequel to the movie Good Burger. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Wasn't didn't they cover that in the first one? Wasn't it the sauce? Something about the sauce. I, I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Not me either. If Nicolas Cage played the like the owner of the Good Burger that they worked at, it would be incredible. Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time for to do like a Clerks for Millennials. Uh, <laughs> this will be the Clerks too. The, like, oh yeah, they still work yeah, there. Keenan's forty five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is Kel Mitchell up to? Didn't he have, like, a very successful um, podcast for a while? Oh, that sounds like mm-hmm. the time. I hope he did. I, I always thought he was funnier than Keenan. He did have a... I, fe- I actually felt like they were an extremely good comedy duo. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the way culture goes, good... well, by the time they're 50, they're going to be working together again. Here's hoping. <laughs> no, Keenan's going to die on the set of SNL. He's never oh, leaving. Oh, no! He's never leaving. He's gonna die and keep making episodes of SNL. Yeah, he's gonna haunt the set. Him and Daryl Hammond's ghost will just be there forever. Oh, man. Daryl Hammond has left, long since left the show. But, you know, same idea. Sure. Yeah. How to oven poach salmon. That's, like, maybe the easiest thing on this list. Yeah. Isn't poaching when you, you drop something is... in boiling water? 
Uh, it is. I mean, not quite. You don't. You usually don't want the liquid boiling when you're poaching something. You just want it barely cooking it. Ah. Yeah. But the thing about oven poaching is that that means you need very little liquid. True. You just wrap up the the salmon in like tin foil with some whatever your marinade you want and some vegetables, and then it poaches in there because the liquid comes out of the vegetables and it becomes a poaching liquid. And this yeah. this wouldn't be considered steaming. I don't think so. There's not a lot of steam produced. I mean, steam comes out after you open it, but I think it's more poaching than steam. Interesting. Poaching is cooking it in the liquid. I believe steaming is just cooking it above the liquid, technically. That's why, like, a steamer basket doesn't actually go into the boiling water. That's what I thought, too, but whenever I see people referring to the normal way of Mm. cooking rice, they call it steaming rice. Yeah, but people don't know what cooking words mean a lot of the time. This is this is fairly that. universal. I don't think I've ever seen it called a, another thing besides, like, boiling, which is what I would think it would be called. But, like, recipe sites and stuff would be like, take your steamed rice. Yeah, they do Ooh, like I to just say ordered that. some MSG online. Nice. Mm, I mean, love that make stuff. some good-ass fried rice this week. What, are they co- <laughs> what is the, like, one brand of it? Accent. That's it. You can buy it, like, at the store, and it doesn't oh, say American it's MSG version, on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just flavor ac- enhancer. accent brand flavor enhancer, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I buy the Japanese one that comes in the bag with the red writing. I forget its name. It has a three-syllable oh, yeah. name. It's like Big <sighs> Flakes, right? Yeah. In that one? That's yeah. good stuff. Uh-huh. I got the big, the big tub of it, like, when you get the, like, liter-sized bottle of a spice. I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. I, um... I wonder, I've, like, I think that there are still a lot of people who still think MSG is, like, yes. dangerous somehow from that racist panic in the 80s. Yes, they do think that. Yep. But it seems like that's a bad <sighs> idea because it's so delicious. It like, is... imagine denying yourself yeah. something great because you're racist. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, and not realizing that that is what makes foods you already like taste good. Like, the naturally occurring MSG mm-hmm. is already in there. Like, ugh, yep. come on. But every recipe that features MSG or corn syrup, for instance, is filled with concern trolling comments about, oh, but how can I not put this in there because it's bad and I shouldn't? Ugh! Learn something if you care so much. If you actually cared, learn about it because yeah. you're wrong. I left an angry, positive review on a Chinese <laughs> food place in when I lived in with my family uh, because someone was like, oh, they use too much MSG. And I was like, this dumbass... <laughs> do you yeah. do you do this at Italian restaurants? Because guess what has a ton of MSG? Friggin' tomatoes, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, thanks for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, at HackTheNetPod, or you can message us on Discord. Uh, no, sorry, you can message us on Mastodon to get an invitation to our Discord where you can talk to us directly. If you want to do that, you can find me on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also available online. WeaponizedLanguage.com has all of my previous podcasts. I think the old episodes of Creepypodsta are back up. I know people have told me they were having trouble accessing them, and I think there was a permissions issue. It should all be up. If it's not, somebody let me know. (laughs) And you can talk to me online at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alrighty, well thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please come back next week, but in the meantime, please do not forget that if it's not Matt, it's not worth it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I like it. I'm the best around!